Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. All right, the uh, record button is flashing. Another episode of the 19th Tee Podcast. Drew's with you for tonight's episode. I'm very excited about this. This has actually been over a year in the making, uh, which is entirely my fault because I forgot to get back out to our guest when I first reached out to uh, Matt Heath sitting across uh, the screen from me also here in Western Australia. A very busy man at the moment. You've got a lot of things on your plate, not least of which four kids, which you've got in bed at the minute. Uh, you've got the baby monitor next year. We're going to see how this goes. But, uh, mate, welcome to the 19th T. We are very, very excited to have you on board and uh, having a chat with us. Thanks, mate. Happy to be here, finally. No, I uh, must apologize because that was my bad. I did reach out like a year ago and then, uh, yeah, life kind of took over and who knows what happened in between there. But we, we're happy to have you on, mate. There's, there is so much to unpack with you, actually. I was, uh, when when we circled back to it, I thought, where are we going to go? Where are we going to start? And I guess I'm keen to just unpack all of your golfing stuff that you've done, not least of which is Ron Chopper. Um Many people listening to the show would have heard the name Ron Chopper, but they may not know that you are the man behind behind where it all began a couple of years ago, which we'll get into we'll get into Ron. But maybe take us through your day job. What do you do? I guess you're based out at Cot. Uh for those who don't know, Cot is a golf club, stunning golf course. I think one of the true underappreciated courses here in Western Australia. So that's your that's your day gig. You're out there out there teaching the masses. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, full time coach out there. Um, yeah, very busy at the minute, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, like love coaching, and that was always the passion as well. So it's it's really good to be at a place like Cottesloe, um, location wise, and um, yeah, even the members there are unreal. So yeah, very happy where I am coaching there. It's a stunning golf course too. As I said, I think you know one of the true underappreciated courses. I've not had the opportunity to play, but I was out there for the WA Open a couple of years back, and it's just. It's it's a phenomenal golf course because you you are so close to the ocean, um, but it's it, it just seems a world away when you when you're inside the inside the gate there, and it's truly a special place. I think you know, on the WA golfing uh, and the WA golfing, I guess landscape. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I get there very early in the morning to coach, and I don't think you get a better view sitting up in the clubhouse at seven a.m. looking over the beach. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very special place and always in really good condition. Uh, WA Open, I was like, uh, sorry, the Cot Open is obviously a massive event which just happened. Uh, but and the place is looking amazing. But it's yeah, it's very uh, very easy place to work. I I certainly bet. Um, now, where did golf begin for you, mate? I mean, it's a, it's a question we love to start all of our guests off with. Where did it sort of all begin? What's your earliest memories of the game, and and how did you get involved? Um, I think well, growing up, I was pretty uh, heavily into cricket. wasn't too bad. Bowler, not the best batter. Uh, my dad. Well, you're a tall man. You're a tall man. You've uh, been sending him down. I am not straight, but uh, definitely trying to <laughs> sling him in as much as I could. But uh, terrible batter, just couldn't get the hang of that. Um, dad tells me stories of sitting out there scoring for six hours, waiting for me to finally have a bat, and then 
stepping back trying to hit it for six off the first ball and get clean bowled. And it, I think he got to a point where he said, right, if you're going to do that, let's go hit some golf balls. Um, and yeah, I think where everyone in WA and all Perth starts, they go down to Wembley, um, mm. go to that driving range and then just, yeah, got addicted. Ball wasn't coming flying at me. It was steel. I got to um, do what I want. So it was uh, and play when I wanted. So yeah, that was just an addiction from there and just, yeah, went on from there. Still love cricket. Uh, yeah, I did play a bit of indoor cricket and yeah. got through without breaking my fingers. And but it, it, yeah, there'd be moments where we get close, and you're like, "Oh, I can't do this." Like, yeah. I still love to play, but it's uh, yeah, it's pretty flat out, and it's definitely something I'd love to do later on. I'd still be a terrible batter, no doubt. <laughs> the ashes are on at the minute, so I need, <laughs> I, get a, I need to get a TV in here so I can do do two things at once. But um, did you have the did you have the cricketers slice when you came to golf? Because I mean, that is. My curse. I cannot get rid of the slice and I'm attributing it entirely to cricket. Did that, was that for you or were you not at the crease long enough to, uh, <laughs> to a mess? I was probably a blessing that I didn't, I wasn't very good batter. So the, that was never an issue. I couldn't, I couldn't play a drive shot anyway. So, uh, yeah, golf seemed a lot easier than cricket at the time. So yeah, it's, no problem for me. So where did you go from there? Obviously, you start to pick the game up a little bit. Wembley Golf Course out there, as as everyone does, trying to hit it through the goals. And and I mean, we'll we'll chat about WA golfing landscape soon, and and some great news about Wembley this week as well in in terms of the, the uh, redevelopment sort of piece that they're doing with Mike uh, Cocking. But um, what's the uh, where did it, where did it all go to from there for you? I mean, obviously, at some point. You must pick up the game and go. I'm actually fairly decent at this, and I can hit the ball a little bit better than everyone else my age. Yeah, I think um, just it was playing public courses. Uh, you'd finish school, you'd get to Marangaroo or Karama down that way. Yeah, they would put you in with a group, and uh, yeah, it was more. It got to the point where it was great, but it would, it would have been great to play with people my own age and yes. uh, the idea came across to join a golf club and then once you get into that the junior programs are, um, are really great and you meet people going through the same at your age going through the same sort of journey um, getting handicaps playing for vouchers and make like I've still got mates that I made from when I was 10 I still play golf with them now um, yeah so that was at Lakelands Country Club that was mm. my first the first place I joined which I then ended up working there as well yeah uh, so yeah, that and that place was awesome. Big, massive junior sort of uh, contingent down there when I started. Um, it was like you couldn't book in Sunday. You had to like almost line up to get your name down because there's so many juniors going to play, and that that was awesome competing against them. And yeah, great, great little golf club over there. It's a, it's a great course too. I've, I've quite enjoyed. Uh, I caddied around there once actually for Pennants last year. Interestingly, very. Uh, very insular West Australian golfing community that exists uh, rocked up and they were playing. Uh, my mate plays for Royal Perth and he was uh, playing Sun City in, in the Pennants final. And um, the the caddy of the bloke that he was playing was uh, David Gapes. So there's oh, the, yeah. <laughs> it's a very insular West Australian uh, golf content, uh, content, content people. But Lakeland's beautiful, beautiful golf course and stunning um Stunning clubhouse as well that they've done out there. So, you've, yeah. you you're picking them off quite nicely, mate. Lakeland's caught. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you've got on the on the radar, but you've got some good ones. Um, oh, now here's here's where my research is, could come very unstuck stuck because I don't do a lot. I'm not going to lie. I probably started at about quarter past seven this evening. Um, uh, did I read correctly online somewhere that you went to the 
London Olympics with the US Olympic team and did some work with that <laughs> with them. Yeah, this is uh yeah, during the Olympics, whenever okay. that was, geez, it was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, yeah. So yeah. um yeah, obviously playing golf for so long, there's a point where yeah, you get over it a little bit and you just want to have a break. So it was pretty much packed everything up and uh get over to uh get over to London and just was there at a perfect time. Uh, got a job with this agency that sent you out to different jobs and the American um, Olympic team had a a house that they went to to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Just obviously they don't want to be out in public and get into trouble. So I think Bud- Budweiser sponsored this house that was pretty much on call 24-7. So if they won a gold medal and they wanted to celebrate, you got the phone call, get to there. There's going right. to be these gymnasts coming through wanting to drink tequila all night and you had to be on call for that. It was It was unreal. So... I think one night Muhammad Ali came through. Uh, yeah, that was probably the biggest night. Uh, there was a couple of wrestlers that came in. The rowing team. I've got a photo with one of the girls who was in the rowing team, and she's like six foot eight. Um, right. It was just the most bizarre week or two weeks of my life, but it was unreal, unreal. So, so who, what sort of players are you mixing, mixing with over there in terms of the the US team, as in golfers? Oh no! Golfers came no through. No golfers was, came through. No, no. Um, right. I think dust. I think yeah. I remember at the time it was like the. I think it was the first year or maybe. No, because it would have been twenty sixteen. Was Rio, wasn't it? That the golf got introduced. Yeah. So there's no. Yeah, of I don't course. remember ever. I, I remember just thinking it was golf. Yeah. No. No. No golf there. Now this is just a literally no golf sort of get away from the thing for a while and. Right. I remember thinking because the, the basketballs came through, but they never did from the US team. Wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was an awesome, awesome couple of weeks. So then you come back to, to WA, um, and there's two things I want to, I want to pick out probably more recently. First and, and foremost is, um, 2020, you were named the PGA club professional of the year, I guess, maybe talk us through that. Uh, and I guess what it meant to be awarded that, um, cause it is obviously a very prestigious award. Um, so maybe just take us through what what it meant to win that award. Um, yeah, I think that, that was was it Pinjara um, Golf Club, sort of mm-hmm. head pro there. And I think it was like my third or fourth year. But being in a country course like that, the freedom you have from members and committees who just go go for it, do what you want, anything to get people through the door. So mm. I think having that luxury of being able to just trial things and a lot of things stuck and worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because things are working, you just keep coming up with new ideas and. Um, I think that's I think something the PGA wants every pro to do. Uh, I just had the luxury that I could just have that freedom to do it. So um, a lot of incentive stuff going on to get members through. And, and I think at a small club, if you can show that you've brought in a lot of people, um, that definitely bumps you up the list. So, but yeah, that's all credit to everyone over there that let me do what I needed to and try to get people through that door and run competitions and obviously try and bump up their social media side, which... Mm. I think you need to these days to get eyeballs at your golf club. So yeah, yeah. I obviously pretty thrilled with that. Um, but we did we did a lot too. So it wasn't it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people there helping me out and volunteers that, and which you get at country courses. That's I think that's that was like why it was so hard to leave eventually because it was just more the people that you meet and how uh, helpful they are down there. Probably a good segue into your alter <laughs> ego because this, that's that's where it all began back in. Uh, back at Pinjarra, wasn't it? I was trying to find the very first video that you did as Ron Chopper, and I really struggled to find it because you you have posted a fair bit of content since that time. But <laughs> if I'm recalling correctly, 
the the alias Ron Chopper began as a bit of a a bit of your stereotypical Saturday hacker that comes into the golf store. Is that sort of the genesis of how it began? Yeah, um, I think. Oh, I, I, to be honest, Tristan, who's Tristan McCallum, who's the head pro at Seaview. Mm. I remember when we were both working there. I think it must have been raining. And we we're talking about we should do a video about what members say. And yeah. I think at the time we were too chicken. We started it and we we're like, no, we can't do this. We'll be in trouble. <laughs> then being at a country course where everyone I feel like has a better sense of humor sometimes, <laughs> I thought I'll do it here because they would they'll take it well. Uh, I think it was during COVID. Mm. Uh, it was members only, so at a small country course, members only playing in every 10 minutes. There would be like an hour between me seeing someone. Um, I think I had a, a bad phone call from someone who asked, asked some stupid questions and that was like, all right, that's it, I'm doing this. And, uh, yeah, just made a video about stupid phone calls and stupid, like silly things people say and obviously it happens everywhere because yeah. as soon as it went out. Um, and I think I did it a good time. I think everyone was at home on their phone watching TV then I put out something like that. It was, I think, timing and and like it obviously resonated with a lot of clubs because a lot of clubs posted that or yeah. pros who were trying to yeah. vent vent their own way. Yes. <laughs> How did uh, quick side note? But around COVID, obviously, you know, we, we've spoken to a lot of touring professionals in, in the past couple of years since COVID. But I guess we've probably not really spoken to anyone in your shoes who who was working at a club at the time. Like, how did things change? I guess for yourself because I, I saw on your instagram i went back and, and was scrolling through and the the photo that you posted of the uh of the pinjara uh club uh house there and a big closed you know watermark that you'd thrown across it like it must have been a really genuinely scary time for as it was for everyone but for yourself obviously working at a at a golf club as opposed to the touring professional who were maybe still able to go out and head overseas and and maybe play in other events if there were things going on but how how did it sort of unravel for you guys um yeah that first i think that first lockdown so it feels it wasn't that long ago but it's hard to remember mm. uh i think it was like 10 days we were closed i think the, the biggest worry was the green keepers not being able to maintain golf clubs that was sort of like well, what do we do um like yeah, what happens to the greens if no one's able to look after them there was that sort of worry first um but then they were able to look after it and then yeah, it only lasted 10 days but i do remember thinking at some point this is going to get scary when it if it blows out to a couple of months and mm. and uh yeah but lucky enough it was only 10 days and golf that's why golf's got such a sort of boost because it was pretty much the only thing you could do when it went back um it was outdoors it was sort of considered a sort of like a parkland so I think that it sounds it sound bad, but COVID was probably the best thing that happened to golf. Mm. Back to Ron. Let's leave COVID behind. Back to Ron. Yeah. So you you post a video. I remember watching it at the time, and I was like, "This is this is good gear. I like I like this. This is this is funny." And then obviously the second one came along. Maybe I don't know a couple of weeks later, and I was like, "This this could be something really cool here," but. I, I didn't really know you at the time. And I was like, oh, you're probably just killing, killing time. Where, at what point did you go? People are, fuck, like, people are actually watching this. This is, this is something like, was there a, was there a moment that you can pinpoint back and go that, okay, this cr- character that I've created is now <laughs> interested, is now interesting to a heap of people. Yeah. I don't, um, I think the first thing was the PGA got on board and, 
and was sharing every time I put up a video. So I'm like, well, I guess my boss or the head body that I yeah. work for approves this. So that gave me the green light that I'm like, okay, I'm not treading on anyone's toes. Yeah, This is going okay. Uh, I think it was when you get messages from like golf pros from Argentina and the States and England <laughs> who are saying that that happened to them and, and you're like, wow, this is obviously, I'm not the only one. This is cool. Um and then yeah, like from that, it just it's it's just grown. It's there was no plan. It was just uh, people just wanted to see something else. And uh, yeah, there was only so much I could probably do sitting in a pro shop. So we had to like take it the next take the next step. So I think at one of the PJ dinners, um, Joel from Above Socials came over, mm-hmm. introduced himself, and said he'd love to film some things. And originally, it was meant to be some skits, but we we're on the golf course and. Yeah, he's very good at what he does, and he has like a much better camera than my just old phone. And once I saw the quality, I was like, "Oh no, now now it has to stay at that level." Uh, and yeah, and, and then um, yeah, just wanted to have a game against a pro, and I thought it'd be funny if Ron could take the Mickey out of a pro and see yeah. how that would go. And that video went well. And then yeah, with working with Joel now, and he's um, just snowballing from there. We sort of trying to come up with different ideas, and yeah, it's, it's obviously. Uh, the way he films it and uh, does it, it's easy to watch, um, mm. and that that helps. I, I couldn't do that by myself on a phone, so yeah, he he really helped keep Ron going more than uh, more than anyone, I reckon. So yeah, but it's that uh, it's great fun, and uh, yeah, and it's obviously traveling now and doing it. Yeah. It's very bizarre, like asking me a year ago that that's what you'd be in Melbourne playing golf pros and golf courses doing yeah. this Ron stuff. I would have been like, what are you talking about? So. I, again, this time next year, who knows? I might have said the wrong thing and I'm cancelled. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's been it's been awesome. It's very cool. And I believe it's thirty two dollars a pop every time you mention above socials and Joss. Is that That's right? At least ninety eight dollars there, Joss. Yeah, how's so my math? But... <laughs> we'll keep a little tally going. That's uh, well, thirty six dollars or whatever it was. If, 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 uh, if you round it up, round if, it if up. you didn't think that I wasn't going to reach out to him ahead of this, then. Yeah, so I've got got some things that to to ask you towards the back end. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, it's actually like it's incredible, and I, I love watching every video that you put out. I, you know, I'm subscribed to it, so I get the little notification, and and I'd encourage everyone to do the same. It's it's so easy watching, but I think the point of difference that I love watching your videos is you're not taking golf seriously, which is perfect for me and perfect for this podcast but you're actually really fucking good at it too. And I love that. And I love that. It's not like me going out and doing it and hacking around and trying to, you know, pretend that we're half decent at golf, but people can actually watch it and watch decent golf that is funny. And I think you've managed somehow, I don't know how you've done it, but you've managed to get that balance perfectly right. So you've done a good job. Yeah. I think that's my, my golf game at the minute. Just the only time I play golf is like when I play as Ron. So it, and I get on that first tee, I'm like, I'm, I could play really well or I can have an absolute shocker. I'm playing this touring pro. I could stay with him or he could absolutely flog me. <laughs> I think, yeah, having – I think when you watch a video and you go, I've got no idea what's about to happen, neither do I when I'm on the first tee either. So, um, yeah, it, it, it feels like a bit of a battle out there. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to break par. I'm trying to beat this pro or, I'm, yeah. yeah, trying to – it's – um, yeah, I'm definitely trying. It's just not happening for me right now. <laughs> I mean, the the growth's been really cool too because I wrote your stats down here. Nearly 8,000 Instagram followers, nearly 14,000 YouTube subscribers. Like it's it's genuinely blown up to something that's really, really cool. And 
you know, there, I'm, there are golf channels of people who, you know, put up five ways to stop your slice and all that sort of shit. And there's a million of them that exist out there, but there's nothing that exists like Ron. And that's really cool. So you've done a, you've done a bloody good job and I love watching it. So I'm very, very excited to see where you, where it all goes in the future, mate. So, um, what, what do you have in store? Is there anything that you can tease out for us that you've, uh, you've planned out for Ron? Uh, we definitely, so like the, probably the, we want to play big red again. That was probably our, our uh, biggest video he's a bit mm. of a character himself mm. um so that's between him injuring himself we're trying to work out when we're going to do that <laughs> i think it's the travel we got to work out where we want to go we um we were thinking of going to queensland then the idea of maybe going to vietnam there's a, a new venue over in vietnam it's like norman courses and faldo mm. courses and obviously it's very cheap to go there rather yeah. than going to uh to queensland and time of year as well it's sort of through this winter part it's, it's quite tough um, meant to be doing something on Monday, but if it rains, we can't do it. So mm. thinking of going somewhere that we can chase the sun and, and and the trip we did to Melbourne, we were able to get about eight, nine videos done. So that almost gives us two months of planning for the next thing. So yeah, yeah planning on traveling and playing places overseas, but also showing off the courses we have in Australia. That's sort of, I really like, uh, I like showing, like we did one at Araloon and we're hope, I'm hoping that to help people see that place for how amazing it was and mm. went out and had a game. So, And then I did one at Serpentine two days ago, which is just this little country track that volunteers look after. And if that somehow some people go and visit and help them out, like that's – I like I really like doing that as much as playing these amazing courses that I do enjoy doing that sort of stuff as well. There's some great, great areas. Me and Marshy have talked about it for a long time that we've got this idea of doing golf trips and, you know, kind of just – it just not – the generic golf trip that you would do similar to what you're, you're talking about. I mean, everyone's done or most people have seen Tassie golf courses or the sand belt or whatever it is, but there's some great parts of Australia. Like I think the Southwest of WA is really underrated in terms of a golf trip. So we've, we've explored that as, as well. So it sounds like you've got some, some great stuff uh, coming up as well. We'll have to, um, when Marshy comes over to Perth, we might have to line line you up and take you on. You might have to give us about six hundred shots, but um, we'll uh, maybe 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 we might be the first to beat Ron, but you never know. So I did, I did see a video with your swing. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How would you describe it? Fuck. Oh, it was. I just saw the. I remember the. It was a one something at Sun City, and it yeah it went, with Dave. It, yeah, it was. It was full on. There's a fair bit going on there. It's bad. Hey, maybe I need to come down and get some lessons. Maybe that's what. Yeah. <laughs> that's, maybe that's what needs to happen first and foremost. I saw you took on um, the teed up guys. They do a wonderful job. I mean, we're not we're not so precious to not give other golf podcasts a shout out on this on this show. But the uh, the the teed up guys do a wonderful uh, job of their show as well. And you that video just went out uh, yesterday, two days ago, I think, Maddie. Yeah, that was probably the worst. Oh, so that. That day we got up at three three a.m. drove to Geelong uh, to play this course. We played it in the morning, eighteen holes, and then in the afternoon I played those boys. And I, I remember telling Joel uh, at the time I was like, "Oh, I'm wrecked. Like I'm like I'm feeling it now." And then my first shot hit a house, and I was like, "Oh, this is not going to be great." <laughs> um, and then Q was just giving it to me as he should. Um, yeah, so but Q is amazing. Like Q is basically over there who runs that podcast. He set up everything. He sorted out every golf course we got onto. Uh, without him, the trip wouldn't have happened. So, like, I'll I'll, I'll take the loss to him. Um, 
Um, but yeah, like looking forward to like going over there again. There's so many golf courses over there that it's just ridiculous. Like I was saying to you, we're so it feels like we're so far behind here. You got your top three; they're amazing. Whereas every other golf course over there looks like like our like best here. So, but yeah, yeah, they, they were great and they are uh, they helped me out over there. How much have you learned about editing? Uh, a fair bit. What I think I'm what I think's good. I get absolutely crucified uh, by Joel, but it, it's good. We've got like a, we've got three of us who sort of look at all the Ron videos, and there's yeah. no when no feelings involved. If it's crap, we we call each other out. And I think that's why it's working so well. Um, we don't put anything out until unless we're laughing at it. If it's crap, we won't put it out. Um, yeah. So yeah, me and Joel basically swear at each other, and then a video comes out, and we're like, oh, that went really well. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. It's like a marriage. He sent me about. I don't know, a big paragraph of, of things to, to ask you or, or maybe stitch you up with. So I'll, um, I'll pull out the, the appropriate ones, but, um, I did get from a couple of people, um, they wanted me to raise in a public platform. The question, have you wrecked any YouTube careers? Um, now I'm not, I'm not entirely certain what that actually means. So I'm hoping that you might be able to paint a bit of context to it. Um, David, who was the, one of the choppers and I played with old clubs, he had this channel four to four, uh, English guy spoke, yeah, bit of a strong accent, hard to understand. He, he had a game with me and, and I took on, I had a game with him and I had an old set of golf clubs and a ball from the, uh, the seventies and he just played like shit. And apparently that's my fault. Uh, so <laughs> I, I turned it up. I played very well with those old clubs. He played horrendous. And uh, and then, obviously, if anything goes on the internet, you just cop it. So, That's it. And it's fine. Like, I, I've, I've, like, luckily, Ron has made his, from the start, has said he's sometimes good, sometimes shit. Um, <laughs> so I can't really cop it anymore. But Dave, yeah, he really copped it. And I don't think it got inspired him to do any more YouTube videos since then. That's I still feel good. bad. I still feel bad, but. He was his own fault as well. Uh, look, and, and to be honest, that's the excuse that I'm taking. You know, I, when I played Dave, he dusted me very easily in that nine-hole match that you're referring to about my atrocious swing. And, and I feel I got Dave on a good day. I mean, he, he really played out of his skin and demolished me. I just received my COVID booster that same day. There was, you know, there was a lot of factors at play that, that that didn't lead to it, and I had to drive the airship and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, but you've uh, you've ruined his YouTube career. Um, keen to to kind of just unpack a little bit because it's not often that we get to speak to uh, West Australian golfers and people in the West Australian golfing landscape, as I've referenced before, but. How do you see West Australian golf at the minute? I mean, we're getting very inside baseball here and half our listeners probably won't give a shit about this, but I'm going to take the liberty. How do you how do you see West Australian golf at the minute? Because there's so many incredible courses and I do think that it is underrated in terms of a golfing destination. But how do you kind of unpack it as someone who's seen probably more than most? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I think what we lack here is sort of like if you so if you go to the Gold Coast or if you go to Melbourne, um, you're playing places where you can stay the night and um, that has apart from I guess I'll probably get apart from Joondal up. Where else could you probably stay? Like you it doesn't stay feel, a, around Mandra, but you couldn't yeah, stay on any of the on courses. the course. And that's the thing. Like you've got 
that's what they do so well. You've got resort places where it's like the resort connected to a golf club. It's just apart from yeah, the gym, vines. I can't, vines. Yeah, yeah. You've got there's two, but like I mean, every third one over over east is like that. So obviously because of that, they get a lot of traffic, and it's it's only with WA, it's got to be only WA people that are filling up the golf courses, which they are at the minute. Um, but when we did play Araluen, you you go to that place. It's so far away, but you're looking at it going, wouldn't it be amazing to have this as a resort that you would stay play on this golf course obviously that's money and it costs an absolute fortune but yeah that's definitely what we are i feel like we're behind compared to the rest of uh, australia um just having that giving anyone a reason to come and play can come and play and stay and apart from two courses it's mm-hmm. not really an option so but I mean, West Australian sport, every golf club here, I think if a golf course isn't doing well at the minute with the way golf is going, it's probably something they're doing wrong. But from all accounts, I don't know of any golf courses that are struggling right now, So that, which is awesome. I think, as I mentioned before, I think the Southwest is is really underrated, for, particularly for, I think, in terms of Capel and, and Dunsborough and Bunbury and Sanctuary, you've got so many, Bustleton, Margaret River, you've got just so many within half an hour's drive. And... I love that area of the world generally, but I also just think some of the golf down there is incredible. And you can make a really good week or weekend out of it. If you want to have a golf trip and play good golf courses at the same time that you're not rocking up and playing goat tracks, you're actually going and playing genuinely good golf courses that test you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what they need to do. And and they, again, I don't, I mean, excuse my ignorance, but I don't know if they're, I know joining up together and making something where you play Friday at Bustleton, Saturday at Bunbury, yeah. like they, I think that's something they could look at. But, but I, again, I, I, they might be absolutely packed with members on a Saturday, and mm. yeah, this is it's not viable. So, yeah, it's hard. I think, um, uh, yeah, it's a very untapped sort of area. But at the same time, you need to be able to stay somewhere close. And um, like I said, whether we don't really have those sort of facilities. In WA yet and whether it will happen I don't know but that's the thing I think we're missing out down this way favorite course here here oh I'm gonna say Araluen um Araluen if it was just absolutely tricked up looking mm. spectacular I think I don't there's not many golf courses where you stand on every tee box and go rightio what, what's going on here like mm. and I feel like that's what happens every time you're there you, every tee every tee shot's a bit different every hole looks ridiculous and I think everyone that plays there just goes. I can't believe this is this exists. I never knew about this. Um, yeah, that I would say Ireland's probably my favourite golf course. And then you get to sixteen and you stand. You got that incredible, incredible, probably the best par three in in Western Australia. I think you'd be hard pressed yeah. to find one. And then I, I genuinely think it out of the courses I've played. I've not played every course, but I can't think of a tougher finishing stretch off the top of my head than Araluen. You've got. You get 16, you got to clear the water downhill. 17, you got a very long, uh, oh, it's not, well, it's long for me, long par five, and then long par four to finish off. Like, it's it's a pretty tough finishing stretch. Maybe if you're playing match play, it's, um, yeah, you, 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 you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find something tougher, I reckon. Yeah, even um, even the other way, if you finished on nine, you've got to hit a 130-meter shot over, over water. So yes. it's great to look at and sometimes pretty hard to play. Underrated course in WA? Oh, yeah, so you'd have to look down south. Uh, well, I haven't played it. I've seen photos and videos of Margaret River. That looks pretty cool. Very um, cool. 
you yes. you would love that. You you should uh, you should definitely check that out. Two of the most varying from front to back. Just you think you're playing two completely different golf courses. It's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Do rate that sort of area. You have a think about your favorite underrated underrated one. Uh course that you go. I don't know. Not, not this isn't my favorite, or this is going to beat me up today, or a course that you've got scar tissue from. <laughs> um. Oh, all my scar tissues at Lakelands. That that place has just drilled me over the years, and mm. um. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. I think like your local track, like Lakelands, you've just. You get on every, you get on the, you play so much that every tee box you get on there, you either go, okay, I play it like this or Mm. do not hit that house. I always hit that house. (laughs) So I've got like mixed emotions about Lakelands. I've had great times there and I've had some of the worst times there. So I I got to call, I got to say Lakelands for sure. Uh, State of of, of public golf at the minute. How do you kind of describe it? I mean, I, I think it's largely the same as what you said before. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find any club that's struggling at the minute. It seems like every tee time fills up rapidly. I mean, the state of public golf seems like it's in a really good place in, in Western Australia. Obviously you've seen it firsthand in your, your experience at Wembley as well, which is, I mean, I don't even know where you begin to describe Wembley. It's truly a phenomenal piece of land and property that they've turned into a golf course. That's exceptional is the only way I can describe it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're setting the standard for, I guess, anywhere in Australia with, Mm how to fill up a golf course and there's so many avenues, putt, putt, driving range, golf course, pub, like it just ticks all the boxes and it's gonna only going to get better from all the things you see in the pipeline with Trackman going on the driving range. That's mm. just, I don't know how they're going to fit all these people in because it's already flat out. Uh, but every other golf course is fairly busy. you got Hammersley that are trying to update their, mm. their track and their facilities, which is which is probably definitely due. Uh, but, yeah, like I obviously coach people that play public golf and ask them where they're playing. And a lot of the time they're like, oh, I'll try to get on Saturday, can't get in here, can't get in there. And you're like, wow, it's just just ridiculous out there. And even even Cottesloe has nearly a seven-year wait list to become a member. So, is that right? Yeah, I think having a seven-year wait list for a golf, co- golf club is just, yeah, well, I've never heard of that. It's just ridiculous. I don't even know what Karen Ops is, but I don't mm. think it's seven years. It'd be up there. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's obviously golf's in a great place at the minute. Well, I mean, there's a million million more questions to ask you. I mean, you, you played as Ron Chopper in a Blitz event at the back end of last year. I was out on the green interviewing you, asking you what was going wrong, and I think you had probably la- the, the largest crowd following you you around as well. I mean, that must have been a cool experience. So or maybe, I don't know, it was a nerve-wracking experience. Oh, How did you find it? I remember on the, the first tee, I was standing there, and we saw there was like obviously, I reckon, about like 40 people standing around the green and I think we were the second group off that par three and uh, I can't remember who was in the group. I remember being like Hayden Hopewell, I think, was in there and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, it's got a big following and he went off and then went to the next tee box and no one moved and I was like, oh, bugger off. Like, I'm not – I could kill someone from here. And, uh, yeah, just all these people walking down the fairway. Um, it was, yeah, very surreal, <laughs> very cool. And then you look around and guys in singlets and drinking a beer. I was like, yeah, they're here for Ron. <laughs> Definitely. It's like Happy Gilmore sort of moment. Uh, that was awesome. And I sort of, I just had a, a, a message from the Simon who organizes yeah. that. So he wants me to come to the final in Adelaide in January. So cool. yeah, definitely, definitely keen to do that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a very cool event. Like it's uh, done very quickly, music playing. 
Mm. I feel like I can go and have a hundred. It doesn't really matter. And I, I, every year I, I try my best to shoot a hundred. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that event again. It's good fun. Been involved for a few years and Blitz are great supporters of this show. And, and we like to give them a good plug as well. It's been, um, been a lot of fun watching their growth over the years. And I think the Ron character certainly aligns perfectly with, uh, with Blitz golf. Where did the name Ron Chopper come from? If you <laughs> can divulge. The, there was a, a member at Pinjarra that would be there first thing on a men's comp on a Thursday on a Saturday. And we had a, a love hate relationship. I'll get along really well with him. And then he would, he would complain all the time about slow play, but he, cause he wanted to play in two hours, 50 for 18 holes. And, <laughs> and I, then I think someone after I did the first video, so what was the name of that guy you were doing? I was like, Oh, it's wrong. And they all laughed cause they knew exactly who I was talking about. Uh, and that stuck, and then I was just like, "What's the last name for a golfer?" And we just went with Chopper, and not it was just yeah, not thinking it would stick. It was just a, a laugh at the time, and yeah, now it's Ron Chopper, and got merch and all this yeah. sort of stuff going on. So yeah, you very do. Cool. You've you've got the merch. You've obviously you've essentially trademarked the uh, the shirt and the hat combination. I mean, there's people that go out wearing that on the weekend, and I'm fairly certain they're emulating yourself you've got the merchandise going i mean you've made you've made a pretty good pretty good go of it mate so you've done um you've done very well i, I guess um oh geez there's there's millions of other things that i could could ask you but you've been generous with your time and we must let you go the last one that i wanted to to finish on was something that i stumbled across on your instagram that i thought was uh really special and it's obviously probably a more serious way to finish what's been a light-hearted chat but um your work with uh, at, at Cot in in 2022, I saw the um, that you ran a program for uh, deaf golf um, or deaf youth, um, essentially um, running a program for them to get into golf, and that's that really caught my eye. Can you maybe just explain that one to us and and obviously how that worked? Because I imagine it probably would have been a, a new challenge for you trying to communicate to to people who are hard of hearing as well, and and I'm sure it would have been very rewarding at the same time. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty cool couple of weeks doing that. It was it was something that I've never done before. Uh, that was all instigated by some of the committee members at Cottesloe. They went through the Golf WA Foundation and got a grant to get these schools and get them to travel over to Cot. And uh, yeah, it was like oh, literally trial and error trying to work out how to communicate. And it was very good. I had to go through the whole basics of a golf swing and explain it very clearly very slowly and so that it can be interpreted and not be confused um but and and as as we got on i sort of got better at it and knew like where to stand you gotta very hard if they don't if they're not looking at you then it's obviously not going to hear so you had to make sure you always got in front of them it's very hard to stand in front of a kid who's about to hit a golf ball to tell mm. them to stop for a second so that was very daunting but by the end of it it was um yeah we sort of really got the hang of it and all the volunteers that were out there understood where to stand and how to communicate I think the most bizarre thing is obviously when you have a junior, you're coaching a group of juniors and if someone makes a putt, there's like a big cheer and everyone's clapping. Mm. Whereas, and you can sort of get excited as well. But in this situation, if something happened, it was just dead quiet, but they were obviously happy and they're, mm. they're making their sign for that. It, it was just so bizarre. And it was hard to know how the whole lesson was going because you obviously, I couldn't communicate at the time and, they say it's good, but you don't. When you have them speaking and laughing, you, you can understand if they're enjoying it or not. So that was that was a challenge, but it went really well, and they want to do it again. So that's a good sign. No, that's really cool, mate. That's a uh, something that caught my eye that I thought I must ask you about. And um, yeah, it sounds like the team out at 
at Cotters are doing great things, obviously yourself included. I've called it Cot the entire way through this podcast. You've called it Cotters Low, so I think I might be uh, barred because I'm sure the, the members within probably call it Cotters Low. It's full name. I'm, uh, as you can tell, no, probably, you're fine. Prob- probably not private golf course material, I think. <laughs> I think your uh, your golf swing might buy you more than calling it cot. Yeah. Hey, I've been doing some work. I've been really trying to do some work, but the weather's been quite prohibitive here in Western Australia of late. So I've been really trying, Matty. I'll uh, I'll send you some I'll send you some new some some new and updated swings. So I'm trying. Okay, please, I'm trying my absolute. Please. I'm trying my absolute absolute best. I'm playing on Sunday for the first time in about a month, so that'll be fun. Okay, cool. At uh, the Springs Club in Armidale, which will be oh yeah, nice. Fun. I've heard it's. Heard it's very good. Uh, lastly, tell us how we can all get around. Uh, firstly, your golf services, uh, and then also that character that you do as well called Ron Chopper. How can we get in touch? The Instagram, the YouTube, whatever it is, whatever is your elevator plug. Oh, so I guess, yeah, Cottesloe was where I coach. So on their website, there's a link to my diary, um, which you can, yeah, anyone can have a lesson at Cottesloe. You just have to make sure you're wearing all the right gear and you're good to go. Um, but the YouTube stuff is probably the biggest platform we're trying to get going because it's where everything goes. So that's, um, yeah, just Ron Chopper Golf on YouTube. And I'm sure I'm the only one called Ron Chopper Golf, so it should be the first one that pops up. Um, <laughs> I did I did have a, like, as you do every now and then, for some reason, you Google, Google yourself and I type in Ron Chopper and, and it gives you some sort of, uh, yeah, it said um, Ron Chopper Golf, Ron Chopper, how tall is he? What is his real name? <laughs> I was like, okay, everyone's like, someone's researching something. So whether it was you, I don't know. <laughs> Very good, mate. No, well, we appreciate uh, you coming on the show. As I said, it's been over a year in in making entirely the fault of uh, of myself. So apologies again for that. But we really enjoyed having you on and and having a chat and learning about obviously yourself and and what you do for. Um, for the golfing industry here in in WA and also uh, your alter ego Ron Chopper who I'm looking forward to watching uh, watching more videos and maybe when Marshy gets his ass over to WA we'll uh, we'll line you up and we'll see if we can take you down with two very shit golf swings which might be the end of your tu- your YouTube career if you lose so, <laughs> thanks for coming on mate really appreciate it no worries thanks for having me